Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Pure Hope with your host, Reverend Janice Hope Gorman. Hope is the name the angels gave Reverend Gorman. Help open planetary eyes. And that's what we hope to do on Pure Hope. Thank you for joining us. Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us today. Our topic today is about a fabulous book called How to Live a Happily Ever Afterlife. And these are about stories of trapped souls and how not to become one by Echo Bodine. I'm just going to read a little bit what she has written about and in her book that I thought was quite captivating. Then I'm going to read a little bit of a bio and introduce you to Echo. And the part I'm going to read is called Body and Soul. Do you ever think much about your soul when you were young? You may have said these same bedtime prayer that I did, which indeed I did. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. That innocent reference to the soul was about all I knew about souls until I started doing my work as a psychic and as a healer. Nor did I know much about ghosts. I thought they were just blobby masses of energy that scared people. It wasn't until I started putting two and two together when I realized that ghosts were actually the souls of those who had lived on earth. After that aha moment, I became intrigued with souls. Does everyone have a soul? Does the soul look like its body? Does the soul think or have feelings? What part does it play in our physical world? And why do we come here in the first place? I started asking these and so many other questions, but I didn't start getting answers until I started healing people. That was just a little bit of Echo's fabulous book. Now I'm going to just tell you a little bit about Echo. Echo (laughs) Bodine first discovered that she was born with psychic abilities and the gift of healing around the age of 17 years old. Her abilities include clairvoyancy, which is seeing, clairaudience, which is hearing, clairsentience, which is sensing, and clairgustance, which is smell. In 1981, Echo began teaching classes on psychic development and spiritual healing. She has appeared on numerous, and I mean numerous, national television shows, including Jesse, Sally Jesse Raphael, Sightings, Beyond with James Von Prague, NBC's The Other Side, Unexplained Mysteries, NBC's Today Show, A&E, and Encounters, Uh, Also, Paranormal Borderline did a feature story on her family, calling them the world's most psychic family. She has also been a guest on numerous, and I mean numerous, radio shows throughout the country, including Coast to Coast. 
Echo hosted her own cable TV show called New Age Perspectives for two years. She had her own radio show on FM 107 in Minneapolis for three years called Intuitive Living. And Paramount Pictures also um, called her up for her services uh, for the promotion of the movie Ghost. Uh, Echo was the director of the Center for Intuitive Living where she taught numerous, numerous classes on spiritual development, living by intuition, ghost busting, psychic development, and laying on hands healing classes. As you can see, she is an absolutely dedicated healer and teacher. Um, her other books that she has written, she's authored many, many books, Hands That Heal, Echoes of the Soul, The Little Book of True Ghost Stories, A Still Small Voice, and now this beautiful book, How to Live a Happily Ever Afterlife. And so, Echo, are you on right now? I am here, darling. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Wowzer. When I was reading this and when I read this wonderful book that you gifted me, I thought, I just told Melissa today, oh, my God, it's easy to read, and it's fantastic. It's fantastic. So what made you write this book, my love? You know what, honey? I get my inspiration in the strangest places, and I was mowing the grass one day, and I, honey, it was just like I had a vision. It was just laid out right in front of me, the chapters, and I instead of, you know, jumping into my mind and arguing and saying, no, I'm never going to write again, oh, my God, that be, oh, yeah. As they laid out each chapter, I thought, oh, that's cool. Oh, I like that. <laughs> and so, honey, I, I literally, I stopped mowing the grass. I came in the house and I wrote it all down because I was afraid I would forget it. And then I sat with it for about two days and just thought, okay, really? Should I really do this? And um, it seems like a no-brainer. Like, you know, come on, Echo, pay attention. Um, you know, these, these, these souls that we call ghosts, I mean, you know, they have reasons. And, um, yeah, I know, God, there was, there's another show that just came out that it's like, oh, please stop doing this, you people. But they're never going to stop doing this. They're never going to stop trying to make ghosts look like evil demonic monsters so it just seemed like okay i need to write a book and you know honey when i first turned in the um table of contents to my publisher and the name i had it on it was how to prevent yourself from becoming a ghost and my publisher bless his heart he he said heck this this needs to be called how to live a happily ever after life and oh my God, I thought, oh, my God, I love that title. So that's how it all came about. Yeah. Mm. Um, I was mowing the grass. Yep. Mm -hmm. Well, I love it. Uh, In in your book, you um, kind of outline six um, ways of how people, and I I thought that was, and so what did you, six main reasons why souls choose to remain on earth? after death mm-hmm. and is it okay if i just read um the, what those six are and then we'll begin to talk a little bit about that yes so n- number one you have they don't know 
or they don't want to admit that they're dead. So that was one of the reasons why souls choose to remain on earth. Number two, they don't like change. Number three, they want to avoid someone on the other side, which I thought was fascinating. And number Mm -hmm. four, they don't believe there's anything on the other side. Number five, they stay here to feel their to feed their addictions. And number six, yes. they are afraid of God or Satan or hell. So how did you come up which I think all all of those are fascinating. To me the one is like they don't want to they want to avoid somebody on the other side. So tell yeah. me how this all began and how you know that these were the six main reasons why people kinda of stayed okay. earthbound. Okay, honey, simple, simple. Um, when, Okay, so when my brother and I, and this goes back many, 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 many years, uh, when someone asked us if we would come and look at their house, they said, she said that it had been on the market for a year and nobody was buying it. Nobody, nothing was happening. And she said, would you just come and look at my house and see if it's haunted? And I called my brother and said, can you see spirit? And he said, yes. I said, well, did they scare you? And he said, no. And I said, okay, well, they scare me. So will you go with me to this lady's house? And he said, yes, of course. Well, honey, when we got there, okay, so we got there. This house was crawling with ghosts. I mean, every room was like a different story. And, uh so what we did was we just asked our guides, okay, can you, will you help us? What, what do we do? And it was really cool because they said, okay, ask them their name and why they're here. And it seemed like a no-brainer, but uh, it's like, oh, okay. So that's what we did, honey. We just, every job that we went on, because we can both see spirit, we would just going to these homes. We'd walk from room to room. Uh, Michael usually carried a tablet with him. And so, you know, we would write things down like uh, bathroom in the basement uh, named, you know, Roxanne. Um, Okay. And then, so we would always ask, what's your name? And, you know, honey, it's so interesting to me that in all these years, there's only ever been one ghost that gave his name uh, his last name, he said, when we said, what's your name? He said, Mr. Peterson. Okay. And, <laughs> and Mr. Peterson, why are you here? And you know what? Now that I just thought of Mr. Peterson, God, God, I forgot to mention that reason in the book. And that is common also. And that is he built the house and he does not want anybody making changes to it. So, when the family that lives in there now decided to add on a room, Mr. Peterson showed up, and um, I would guess, honey, I, I bet you anything, he had been living there since he died. Because, I mean, you're not just over in heaven for 20 years and all of a sudden decide on checking on the house that you built on earth. It just, you know, by then you'd have let it go. But Mr. Peterson was there, and so what was happening was when the when the workers would come in in the morning, their tools were missing or moved from one room to another room. There was a lot of 
problems for the construction workers. And uh, that's why the people called us because they said, something's going on here and we don't understand what it is. And it was Mr. Peterson who said, this is my house. I built this house and I don't want anybody making any changes. Okay. So, yeah, honey. And so we would go room to room to room to room. And if anything was in there, okay. And if not, okay. And uh, so that was our routine. We would always ask what was their name and why were they there. And that's how we gathered these six main reasons. Gosh, now I feel bad that I forgot about Mr. Peterson. Because Mr. Peterson (laughs) wasn't the only one. We've had other ghosts who um, they don't like the fact that somebody is making changes to their home here on earth. You know what, honey? There, there's a, there was a ghost out in Eden Prairie. There was a work, uh, no, warehouse out there. And when, when we walked around, there was a huge warehouse. And when I finally found the guy, the ghost, uh, I asked him what his name was. I do not remember what he said his first name was. But uh, when I said, okay, why are you here? Why are you causing all these problems? And he said that he used to own this land, and it really bothers him that people built a warehouse on his beautiful land. And so he was trying to scare enough people so that they would tear down the warehouse and it could be beautiful land again. See? Wow. So, I know. So, that, I mean, you know, honey, the, when you were reading the uh, the reasons, gosh, it, I, I was surprised at how many uh, memories were coming back. Um, but the number one reason, as you said, the number one that we have heard over and over and over is people are afraid to go to heaven because they are afraid God is going to send them to hell. Huh? We hear, honey, I can't even tell you how often we've heard that. Yeah. Huh? And really, huh? the second, the second biggest reason is. People don't want to run into someone in heaven that they they were really glad when that person died. And then when they died, it's like, oh, shoot, I'm not going over there. Oh, no, I'm staying here. And uh, we've, we have found that in many of these ghosts, uh, many of these hauntings. Souls who just don't mm. want to go see their parents or an ex-husband or an ex-wife. Yeah, it's so then what we do you know, Hope, it's more like ghost counseling than ghost busting. I mean, really, how do you I love that. I love yeah, that. It, yeah, it, because that's what it is. It, we tell them, um, you know, heaven's a really big place. You don't have to run into your ex-husband. What you can do when you get over there, um, there's greeters at, at all around when you first get to the other side and just tell the greeters, I don't want to see my ex-husband. And you'll find out that your chances of running into somebody on the other side, that's like coming to earth or not coming to earth because there's one person there that yeah. you don't like, <laughs> you know, yes. that's pretty mm-hmm. crazy. But, but 
you know, people think that's the first thing they're going to run into is this person they hate or are afraid of. And uh, we had one ghost who, her name was Sherry, and she uh, was murdered by her boyfriend, and then he committed suicide. And she said, there's no way I'm going where he is. And so she, she said, I said to her, well, uh, why did you choose this house to haunt? And she said she looked around for a handsome guy and found him. And so she said, and so now I have a relationship with him. And this was the guy who owned the house. This was the strangest story. Okay, get this. So the guy called me originally and said, could you come and look at my house? Because whenever my fiancé sleeps over, something pushes her out of bed. And he he said, she thinks it's me. But he said, I promise, I am not pushing her out of bed. And okay, so... And there's this female spirit. And um, (laughs) I just asked her, okay, now what's going on here? What's your name? Sherry. Okay, Sherry, why are you here? Well, my boyfriend uh, murdered me and then committed suicide. And she said, so I'm not going to go to the other side because I never want to see him again. Okay. Um, I said, so why, why, I said, "Did did you die nearby? Did you live nearby here? No, no. And I said, okay, what brought you to this house? And she said she looked around for a new boyfriend and found this one. And she said, I just have to get that B-I-T-C-H out of his life, and then I can be his girlfriend. (laughs) Honey, she actually said that to me. I'm like, what? And so I said to her, are you the one pushing her head? And she said, yes. Yeah. Interesting. Very interesting. Well, you know, you know what I liked about this book as I was reading it, it's not only um, because you, we can get ghost stories, ghost stories, but what you have uh, done, not attempted to do, but what you've done in this book uh, is you've laced it with the uh, information on why it is so important to live the best life that we can here. So, because one of the excerpts was that I pulled from your book is dying is about what's next, not about Mm -hmm. what's past. It's about surrendering Mm -hmm. to the next great adventure. That's why we should all live as best as we can while we're here. So I want everyone to hear from you like, I think that's very, very important. So we don't get caught in the afterlife um, yeah. as yep. a ghost. So do you want to explain that to people, what that means when you say it's about why we should live the best life we can here and that we mm-hmm. cannot escape karma? No, we cannot. God, I, I laugh at some of these groups that I've met that... <laughs> You know, they, oh, God, honey, I I met a woman who said she is in a prayer group and that every week they pray that Trump gets sick and dies. And I said to her, you know, 
that is not good karma that you ladies are taking on. I said, that's crazy. You can't, you can't, I said, you don't want to manipulate energy like that. And she said, well, why not? I said, haven't you heard of karma? And she said, oh, we figured a way around karma. Oh, really? You figured a way around it. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So, anyway, I don't know why that that came up in my mind just now, but... Well, that's good. Um, that's good. That's good. Yeah, I know, sweetheart. Um, gosh, you know, one thing that I think is really sad is that um, one of the angels that works with me, her name is Lily, and Lily said that heaven is full of wounded souls. And she said, hmm. Echo, try to encourage people to deal deal with their stuff when they're there and then it was interesting she showed me a picture of um she said it's like if you went off to college for four years and uh and you threw all of your garbage into one big garbage bag and then when you died you take all that garbage home with you to the other side and she said People would be so much happier if they didn't have to take their garbage back home with them. And she said that's basically what happens is instead of dealing with the garbage, instead of getting rid of the garbage, healing the garbage, she said people just store it and then they take it back home with them when they die. And she said, you know, people... A lot of people, people that believe in heaven, they look forward to heaven. They look forward to getting away from their earth pain and um, and having a nice happily ever after. They don't realize that they're going to take that stuff home with them. So she said, you know, please keep encouraging people to take care of business while they're here and don't take it back home. Once you get to the other side, you can begin to heal from all of your earth pain, uh, but she said a lot of people are under the impression that out of sight, out of mind. So, you know, if something happened to us when we're young kids that affected us for the rest of the, our lives, people think, well, once I die, I won't have these memories anymore and I'll be free. But it doesn't work like like that. We don't just get to heaven and go, you know, step in a shower and it's all gone as we walk around with it. And, you know, just like people that suffer from depression, it's like the depression is actually in their soul. It's not in their physical body, although their physical body, you know, does have something, some kind of chemical imbalance. But uh, the original depression is in the soul, and that's why it's really important for people here on earth to go after it go after it find out what is the tale to your depression and uh i should say i should say the emotional tale to your depression so that when you do die you're not going to take it with you in heaven you get to get you get to go home and take a break and um that's what the the guides have really been pushing me about 
you know, ever since writing this book, while writing this book, it's like help people, set people free now instead of thinking that it's all just going to be gone when they die. So, I, um, I think many know, people do have that impression. And I love the garbage story. I know, honey. I, I, I mean, just think about it. I, yeah. Yeah. Think about it. Huh. You're away to college for four years, and you have one big garbage bag. And so every situation that comes up, you throw it in the garbage bag. And instead of taking care of any of it, going through it, sorting through it, um, getting rid of it, saving it, whatever, we just take the whole pile with us. It's like, ugh. And so that's why, you know, we need – that's the other thing, too. You know, I, I just had lunch with somebody the other day that made the comment that he wished he could just die because he's so tired of the rat race. And um, – so I said to him, so I said, so you think that when you die, you know, the rat race all stops and you're not stressed anymore? And he said, well, of course, that's what heaven's all about. And so I said, well, you know, you might want to just look at what is causing all this stress and you might want to make those changes now so that you can have a nice life while you're here. And it kind of went right over his head. I mean, he he just really didn't understand what I was trying to say. But that's, hmm. and you know, that's the other thing, like the guides have said, and honey, I'm sure you've heard this, is that that's one of the reasons why we had the pandemic, because it it forced us to make changes in our lives, you know, evaluate where we were at, were we happy where we were at, did we like the job we had, did we like the relationships we had, you know, we were stuck with people for a long time, and was that an okay situation or did did the problems you know rear their ugly heads i mean the pandemic was was kind of like a like the world went on pause so we could just take an inventory of where we were at and did we want to continue to be there hmm. you know we've all had uh, kind of like a do over you know and uh some people well, actually, I have found a lot of people uh, have said to me many times, when do we get back to normal? And what they're talking about is the life before the pandemic. But, huh, I, I, you know, personally, I don't think we're going to go back there. I think we're just going to keep going forward and figuring out new ways to be happy, less stress, less health challenges, and more um more happiness. That's what I think is going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Well, let's talk about, um, in the book also, you talk about soul levels. So really the whole point is about healing the soul. Mm-hmm. Because you said yeah. level number one soul has very little consciousness. Yes. And yes. they're just yes. kind of starting out their journey of growth and they're just beginning to develop and emotional awareness, and mm-hmm. and then you keep on going with these levels. So the whole and there's four levels of soul growth consciousness. So every time we come back with garbage that we need to kind of release and let go, and and you had given ideas about how to begin that process of healing the soul. So we go up and up and up because you said then level number two soul that they're Mm kind of getting it. 
they still might be struggling yeah. in their roles as a victim or a victimizer, but they're getting it. Yeah. And by the time you get to the fourth level, you mm-hmm. are understanding the principles of love and their principles mm-hmm. of love, and you live by love and and love animals mm-hmm. and you love the life force. So what are some things that people can do to go from level, let's say, level two to level four level two to level three or three to four, how could you help our audience begin that process of raising their consciousness, healing their soul, and going from level, let's say, level three consciousness to level four? You know, honey, I think the biggest and most important thing is to have the desire to do that instead of saying, no, I'm fine where I'm at. You know, um, uh, it, it, it's that desire, I think, that that inner desire that keeps pushing us to grow more, to look at things from a higher perspective. And, yeah, you know, Lily said that um, that Earth has a victim consciousness, and um, uh, which, you know, really, if you think about it, we do, and um, that we need to outgrow that I don't know if that's the right word um, we mm-hmm. need to heal yeah. that yeah and but the, the main thing is we need to strive for that um, we need to ask the universe to help us heal and to help us not be victims not look at life through the eyes of a victim but um, you know at least for me honey for my own journey I have God I've so much in the last 74 years of God help me be a better person help me uh, just understand myself better help me to heal the the pain that I do have that I am carrying I've always I just always you know I get to a certain place and I don't want to stay there I want to grow more um, and you know, I see that in myself now with my psychic abilities. Um, you know, I could have stayed at a certain level psychically, doing psychic readings, you know, stayed there and been fine. It would have, you know, afforded me things that I wanted. But I'm always saying to God or the universe, okay, I want to see what else I can do psychically. Where can I go with these gifts? How can I improve them? And And I also ask that, about my personal growth and you know hope i've met people that honey i don't think they have that desire at all i think no that's that's right yeah they don't they don't ask for those things and i i know a lot of people like that who um I mean, I've had people tell me, stop pushing yourself. It's not necessary. But for me, it is. It just is. I just, I want to see how much I can grow this lifetime and how much I can change. And I just want to keep seeing things from a higher perspective, always from the higher perspective. And because when I look at this from the human perspective, it's so easy to jump into the victim role. But when I ask God, you know, okay, help me see things from your perspective, it's like that's that's what's really helped me grow from the different levels. And 
I really think for anybody that wants to keep growing, you all, you know, all we really need to do is ask for the help and it arrives. And it arrives in many different forms, as you and I both know. And yet, if we're paying attention, if we're listening intuitively, uh, we'll get the guidance we need and we can change. God, I have one friend in my life um, who swears People cannot change. They do not change. They cannot change. And I can honestly say he's probably the only person in my life that has never changed, okay? Um, But that's his belief. And he has no Mm -hmm. desire to change, grow. He thinks he's just fine where he's at. And a lot of people do. They're content just being where they're at. But for me at least, honey, and I'm sure for you as well, uh, you have that desire to keep going and to keep growing. Yeah. Yes, yes. Oh, my God. I meet people all the time that say, because I think, that, I think that's why you and I get along, is that as long as we've known each other, we've kind of had this desire to be a better person today than we were yesterday. Yeah. And, and, and we ask, we request, God, please help us. You know, Jesus, yeah. please come, please help me to be a good steward of the land, steward of the world, steward of my money, steward of my mind. Yeah. And and so we have had that desire to keep on keeping on and, um, and stop feeling ourselves as a victim and learning how to see the good in life and the good in all life experiences. And that's how... We grow to level four in that consciousness um, because we are better people. We do do that when we yeah. pray for that. We do do that when we yeah. step up. Yeah, I think you've got a part in your yeah. book that's stepping up, and you consider the 12-step recovery program uh, a phenomenal tool for souls to develop because they're taking inventory and they're doing the 10th tenth, tenth step and um, they're well, taking responsibility. Yeah, so yeah. that's one of the ways. I always, if I, sometimes when I'm giving a talk, I say to people, you know, if you have an alcoholic in your life, that is so cool. Because then you can yeah. go to Al-Anon and get to t- <laughs> People think <Yeah>. I'm crazy. <laughs> but, I mean, how else are they going to get to the 12 steps? So any way that people yeah. can get to the 12 steps. God. I mean, they are yeah. definitely... <laughs> Divinely inspired. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I we have a listener on the air that wants to ask you a question, and the only thing I would ask of our listener who asks a question that oh, this is not a time for readings. This is a time to talk about the book and souls. Would you be willing to um, answer a question, uh-huh. Echo? If that person's still on the phone from yeah. South Carolina, okay. Sure. Melissa, do you want to put that person on? Hello. Hi, Echo. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you. Great. This is Jackie. So I am working on my own spiritual development and consciousness, and I I don't think that... um. Well, I don't understand all my abilities, but I know that I do have abilities, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I just feel like this is a great time to try to tap into those abilities because of the changes 
that everyone mm-hmm. is experiencing worldwide. But my question mm-hmm. to you is how, because you may have mentioned it earlier, but I got on kind of late. How did you know when you were there? Because oh. how did you know that yeah. you were there where your abilities were actually real? You know, um, Jackie, I asked God a lot. Uh, please show me when I'm ready because I didn't really know her. And the thing is, there's so much to learn about psychic abilities, you know, that people don't really realize. But a lot of it, too, is just building up a confidence in ourselves that we're not making stuff up and uh, is this stuff for real. And um, it it took quite a while, but I kept asking Okay, am I ready yet? And my intuition would say, not yet. Okay, and I keep working at it. And then, honey, when it was mm-hmm. time, oh, my God, the universe made it so clear to me that I couldn't deny it. So all you have to do is just say to the universe, say to God, okay, let me know when I am ready to go do this full time as a profession. And, um, and once I got the word, um, then I just said, okay, now what do I do? And I literally was given, each day I was given guidance as to what to do. And honey, even as far as advertising, uh, my intuition said, don't advertise. And I remember saying, well, then how am I going to get clients? And uh, it said, when you do a reading for someone, if they say at the end, oh, that was wonderful, I really liked it, then hand them uh, five business cards and say, well, if you enjoyed it, you know, please tell your friends about me. And uh, I, I remember thinking, well, that's not very professional, but that's what I did, and that's how my business got going, and I never did have to advertise. I would just always hand some business cards to clients, and they were the ones who brought in the clients for me, honey. So, you know, the fun part is you can get all the guidance you need. You just have to listen intuitively, and then you need to trust it. And that's the part that's hard for everybody is the trusting of it. But you, I guarantee you, if you're asking for clear signs, you will get clear signs. Okay. 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 Okay, okay honey. All right, that's, that's it. Um, I, I appreciate it. Um, I definitely have to go, if you could repeat the name of the book, because I like to um, look it up, and this is available on Amazon and in bookstores. Yeah, it's on Amazon. website it's on- only. Yeah, honey, it's called How to Live a Happily Ever After Life. Yeah. Wow, and that's what I'm striving for because yep. I believe I believe that the connection between my mother and the connection between her mother was one that there's no reason why I'm supposed to carry everybody's struggle in a garbage bag. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. I, yep. But I also know that my mother was very intuitive and um, very insightful, but she didn't know what to do with it. She knew what to do with it when it came down to, like, herbs and helping someone if they were physically sick. 
But if they require direction, she she just was giving you nuggets of it. She never really expressed it, but I knew that she had it. But I, after my mother transitioned, that's when I realized that there was something else going on with me. And it kind of like made me a target, even within my family. And I realized it was like if I said something and it happened, or if I did oh. something and I like I beat the odds, it created hostility and jealousy or envy or however it created some type of strife with myself and my loved ones. Whereas when mm-hmm. I look back over, I think all of us somehow inherited some gift, but we don't know what to do with it or how to use it. Yep. Mm. Which one of your books, Echo, do you think she should read I, um, to help her with that, to really honor her intuition and psychic abilities? Because you've got one, I was reading someplace, I think in the book, where maybe it was in the very beginning that there was a book that says you never need a teacher, just read this book to help you with your psychic oh. abilities. Oh, my goodness. Uh, let's see. You know, I you know, honey, I think that would be Chip Coffee that said that because he just loves my uh, the book that I wrote called The Gift. It's all about it. psychic ability, yeah, and what we go through. Yeah, it, it's very helpful for people. And then there's another one called A Still Small Voice, and that one is about living intuitively. So yeah, right, I think right because. Because everything I get is in the form of a still small voice, okay, a small mm-hmm. voice, or okay. energy, and it's the energy Ener- that I'm struggling with. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes it's overwhelming because mm-hmm. I'm picking up it all around me. Yeah, honey, mm-hmm. I I would suggest. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, I would pick up can, one. T- yep. Yeah. The gift. Do you I think would pick up the book, which, A Still Small Voice. I think that is the one of Echoes, and because everybody loves Echoes books, and especially this one too is How to Live a Happily Ever Afterlife, because that is okay. the whole point of this journey. So thank you for calling. I appreciate mm-hmm. your phone call. Thank you for taking my call. I appreciate you. Thank mm-hmm. you. Thank you, ladies. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So. So the, you know, I love that, the, the answer that you gave that um, to our wonderful listener about trusting, 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 trusting. And the other thing also is growing, 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 and growing. Um, so mm-hmm. you have, you think that there are little traps like money and that can keep us um uh, you called the money trap because the money is a powerful motivator in life and one that can teach us important life lessons. So what's the purpose, do you think? Why do we souls do return to earth? Not just because we're carrying over some karma, but right. each lifetime is a experience of lessons and after lessons after lessons. Do you believe mm-hmm. after we get to the fourth level our lessons are less? Oh, definitely, honey. When we finish, oh, my gosh, when we finish, when we graduate from the fourth level, we go on to the fifth level. And what I've seen and have been told is that 
when we get up to the fifth level, uh, our our time on Earth is done. We've gotten everything we possibly could from Earth. Uh, the purpose for all of these lifetimes is, it, like you said, honey, it's not that much about karma as it is about just an, another opportunity for us to gain compassion, to learn about what it means to be uh, perfect, to be a child of God. You know, honey, it's like, you know, we hear all the time, okay, we come from God, all right, uh, we're perfect, okay, what the heck does that even mean? You know, I mean, we don't know what that means. That's like going to a nursery and a baby's just been born and standing and looking at this sweet, adorable little baby and saying, wow, you know, you are perfect. You can be anything you want to be. Oh, my goodness. Look at you. You're just amazing little baby. Okay, that baby has no idea what we're talking about. And it doesn't, it's, it's like, it has so much to learn. Say to a little baby, to say to any person, your absolute perfection, that just goes right over our head. We don't even know what that means. Well, that's what we're all in the process of learning is what does that mean to be a child of God to be perfection, to have the same understanding and compassion that God has. And that's why we go through so many different lifetimes. We choose so many different professions. We choose being male, being female. I mean, like my teacher, my psychic teacher told us that the purpose of reincarnation so that we could sit on the right hand of God and have complete knowledge and compassion that God has. And I remember thinking, oh, my God, it's going to take me another thousand lifetimes to get to the point where I even have confidence. I mean, that was when I was 17 and she was explaining this to us. And, honey, it's just I I couldn't comprehend it. I mean, it just seemed like a lot of words to me. Okay. Well, now, mm-hmm. okay, you know, how many years later, um, it's like now I get it. I'm Not now, but I mean, uh, on this path that you and I and the listeners are on, we have been lucky because we get to have all these different opportunities. And we've had so many different careers. We've We've been rich. We've been poor. We've been every race. We've been through every religion. Um, This is where we come. This is where it's all happening so that our souls can grow to their highest potential. And the highest potential for all of us is to have the same wisdom and the same compassion that God has. So that's what we're striving for, honey, is to heal our own souls because I think about it, if we've had minimum 300 lifetimes, there might be a few uh, painful spots still left in our soul that we need to heal. Still, um, mm-hmm. still working at it. And mm-hmm. life, you know, I know life on earth, God, I swear, girl, the last five years have been so stressful, you know, with all the political stuff oh and the gosh. pandemic. Oh. I know. And 
to look back at what we've been through just in the last five years. And so for a lot of us here on earth, we don't really see this as a blessing, but it actually is a blessing and we sure can learn things fast here. And that's why, you know, that's why we choose to come here. So we're always trying to grow. We're always trying to understand things from the highest perspective possible. At least that's what the angels have told me. That we're striving mm-hmm. to see life through God's eyes. And so, you know, like Lily says, even when, when oh, let's say somebody, let's say the doctor tells us we have cancer. Okay. She says, if we can keep looking at that cancer from God's perspective, um, if we can keep looking at these tough situations that we go through here on earth, if we could go through them and look at them from the highest perspective possible. What are we learning from this? What are we getting out of this? Um, a, lot of, a lot of souls choose illness as a great way to heal relationships. Uh, we learn so much when we're sick and um, a lot of healing does take place at those really scary, rough times here on earth. And then, But then in the long run, when we look at it, it's like, wow, wow, that was really cool. Gosh, honey, I got an email today from a lady who um, she laid down all, laid out all this stuff that her family's been through in the last six years. And I mean, oh, my God, daughter had cancer, son had cancer, uh, husband's got bad health. Uh, she lost her job that she adored. I mean, it's like it was really hard to read the email. But then she did a, a 180 on it and said, but this was so wonderful because this came out of my daughter's cancer. This came out of my son's cancer. This came out of me uh, losing my job. My husband, blah, 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 blah. And she said, so it's all been a blessing in disguise. And she said, mm. so as, she said, as much as I'd never want to go through it again, I'm really grab, grateful that we went through all of that. Yeah. So that's hmm. what we're all striving is to get to the place where we can see the good that's going to come out of all these challenges and make the most out of it instead of hmm. jump into the victim rule, which we do so often. I mean, it's just yep. kind of human yep. to spend the, the victim rule. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, what about energy? You know, you have a piece in the book about energy vampires, and you talk about doing a healing on Ferret Fawcett. And so is it possible that we could have a ghost by us or a spirit, whatever you want to call it, that somehow is attracted to our energy field that can suck? the living daylights right out of us is up because you said as soon as you got done with the healing you wish you would have been able to stay with her longer and then you said a few days later she found out she had cancer so how can first of all i guess that does happen how can we prevent that or is it the ghost with a thing like like energy attracts like energy i don't know yeah honey you know i think that you know Okay, let's talk about Farrah because that's a really good example. You know, I, I think she was so used to, um, like, the studios taking from her. 
everybody in her life, everybody wanted something from her. She was always, it, it, it was like people were sucking on her energy way before she got cancer. And I think she just got used to that role of, hmm. okay, I'm here, I'm here to serve people, I guess. Um, I mean, honest to God, girl, when I met her, honey, she, okay, first of all, she's like five feet tall. Okay, just a tiny little thing. She had to weigh 90 pounds maybe. She, I was so shocked when she came around the corner. I'm here, I'm expecting this star with this, this force around her, and she comes out of the room, and she's just this tiny little thing. And I was just shocked. And then to feel her energy, oh, my God. And, you know, the producer told me, he said, um, well, she's really tired these days. And he said, so we never know for sure. You know, he said, we've been here a couple hours waiting for her to get ready. And so he said, we might be here for a while. Okay. So, um, and the reason I was there was because she just, she wanted me to look at her apartment and see if she had ghosts. Okay. So when she came out of the room, she had no energy at all. She was completely depleted of any kind of energy. I bet you anything the girl didn't even have an aura. She was so depleted. And Wow. Um yeah, and I remember thinking, Oh my God, what how are you even existing? And um so, you know, she said, Would you please look and she had a really tiny little voice. Would you please look and see if I have a ghost? And she's like yeah. Yes, okay, um, do you want to walk with me? Yes. And so she walked with me in each room. There was not there was not a ghost there, but hope I saw something that I hadn't seen before. There was, in the corner of her bedroom, there was an area that, honey, it, I don't even know how to describe it right now. Um, it, it was void. It, there was it was a corner of the room that was void, and it felt like this void was always taking energy from her, and I. So, and then my hands started to heat up. So I knew, okay, I could give her healing and at least give her enough energy, because they were taping a show called Chasing Farah, and. Um, mm. I said, first of all, I said to my guide who was there with me, I said, what What should she do about this corner? Because I said, this is terrible. This is like you can feel this void in this corner of this room, like sucking the energy out of anybody that comes in here. And my guide said, go buy a very large plant and put it in that corner. And I said, okay, all right, because plants give off energy. And um, said that then that corner of the room would feel like it was being fed. I know this all sounds so crazy, but this is what it was. And so then I went. we went and sat down on the couch in the living room. My hands were really hot. And I said, would you mind if I give you a healing? And... Hope, 
honey, it was like there wasn't even enough energy to fill this girl up. She was so depleted. And so I think, I really think that she was so used to giving her energy out to people that she didn't even know she didn't even know what to do about it or how to change it. Um, first of all, to change it, she would have had to learn to say no to people. And I don't think that she was very good at that. Because really, honey, she had such, really, her voice was very soft. And mm. uh, it, it took her, I mean, it, it, to just even walk, she needed assistance. Yeah. She was really, 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 yeah, really weak. So I think people, if they feel that there's a part of their house, well, first of all, if they feel like their house is haunted, um, you know, just start to pay attention. I hate to say this because I don't want to plant seeds in people's minds of, oh, my God, the ghost is taking all my energy. Um, But it's just something to be aware of. I did this house out in, I think it was for the TV show sightings out in um, Colorado. And the man of the house, he had chronic fatigue syndrome. And the guides showed me that the ghosts would literally go to this guy and breathe in his energy so that they had enough energy to do things around the house, move things. Uh, make motions, uh, do things so that this family knew that there were ghosts in that house. Yeah, they took the energy from the guy, the father, and he had to quit his job because of chronic fatigue syndrome. So when we were the ghosts out of there because, well, it was just the way the show was. We were allowed to go in and identify the ghosts, but we were not allowed to get rid of them. So I said to the guy, okay, Something that my teacher had taught me was to cross your arms or cross your legs. And so I said to this man, when you start to get that sense of something taking your energy, cross your arms. Or if you're just sitting around at home, just cross your arms, cross your legs. And um, say no. You have to say no to these ghosts and You know, honey, what's very interesting is that in these situations, I have seen people in these situations, and I've said to them, you have to stand up for the ghost. And every one of them says, no, they're afraid to. And I said, well, but but they're taking energy from you. And they're like, yeah, well, I just don't want to create any waves. They don't want to make the ghost angry at them. So they're afraid to tell the ghost no. Well, again, here, we're back at the victim thinking. So it's like once people get tired of this, tired of being victimized by a ghost, and they put their foot down, that's when it stops. Hmm. So that's, an, that's another important thing for us to, to monitor ourselves on. If, if any of the listeners right now are going through these experiences where they come into their own home and they start to feel like their energy starts to wane. It's like, okay, do they sense that they have a home? I mean, a ghost, is there, is there something going on inside of their life or inside of their home that is pulling on their energy? And usually you can feel it. 
I went through that when I was younger. Just I could feel when spirit was trying to take my energy, and it was my teacher that said, cross, cross your legs or cross your arms and say no. And, uh, you know, I was really afraid to do that too when I was young. I was afraid they were going to get mad. But then as my thinking changed and I got strong about it, um, it, I, I don't have that problem anymore. I don't know. I don't even have the time of day for it. Well, boundaries are boundaries are boundaries are boundaries, whether it's in this physical life or in the, uh, with these ghosts that are coming, you know, it is about saying no and having good boundaries. Exactly, honey. See, Mm. now you said it in three, and I just took five minutes to say it all. So everybody, listen to what Hope just You are good. You are good. So I just wanted to read this little excerpt in the back as well. Um, how to okay. live, uh, how to live a happily ever afterlife, is an eye-opening look at what compels and holds spirits, and what you can do to escape the same outcome. Here, Echo Bodine shares her experiences and fascinating investigations that have led her to see the issues from a spirit's living time on earth issues that have kept them locked in place in their afterlife. Each story is accompanied by an exercise, which I just loved, that will help the reader avoid the fate of being trapped, angry, and unprepared soul to go to heaven. That's what I really liked about the book. Because when you hear about ghosts or you hear about these trapped souls that are earthbound, I mean, the first thing that I think of is, oh, my goodness, I do not want to be earthbound. I do not want to be trapped. (laughs) Yes. And you gave such a, I call it, perfumed way of what heaven is. And you said that's the reason why it's important to... um, be cautious and concerned about our beliefs because whatever you think is going to happen to you is going to happen to you. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. uh, the first time I ever heard that, I ran to my teacher, Christina Rose, and I said to her, is that true? (laughs) She said, it is absolutely true. It is absolutely true. So you've done a really wonderful job. Is there... Any other messages or information that you'd like to give this group that are hearing it or will be listening to it later? What would you like to tell them during this time of great change and growth that is upon the planet at this time? Oh, honey. Well, um, back to my standard answer, which is will always be listen to your intuition because we are in challenging times right now and it's our intuition that's going to get us through these times without the level of stress that so many people are going through. So, first of all, find out what intuition is. Discover it within your own body because it's located, it's actually located in the center of your soul. And it's people usually find it somewhere between their heart and their belly button. It's internal it's an inner knowing 
And that is different from psychic abilities, which most of the psychic abilities are up in your head, but that's for a, that's a whole different conversation. But so for today, um, you know, you can get a copy of my book, A Still Small Voice. It will help you understand what intuition is. Honest to God, everybody, intuition was put in us to give us guidance, to help us get through life. And the thing about it is it's a silent voice which drives us all crazy. I mean, if it was, if it was, <laughs> if it was the voice of James Earl Jones, we wouldn't have any problem with intuition. But it's a silent <laughs> voice. It's a nice, quiet voice. And the way you can recognize it is if you say to yourself, go this way, all right, that's your thinking. When you hear yourself say, oh, I just know this is how we should go, that is intuition. Knowing is intuition. So pay attention. Get a copy of the book or any of the books that are on the market about intuition and follow it. Follow it and live by it. It will never let you down. It will never lie to you. And one other important thing about intuition, and that I will stop, and that is intuition does not have emotion. So the challenge sometimes is that a lot of our feelings are in the area between our heart and our belly button. And so if you suddenly feeling really anxious about something, that is not your intuition. That is your own feelings. If, okay, really quick story. Long time ago, I was on my way to the doctor, driving the car, said to my intuition, okay, will you help me remember everything that I was going to talk to the doctor about? And I heard, so I said, you're not going to help me? No. And I said, and so I'm driving the car. I said, why? And I heard, accident. And I, it, but it wasn't like a freak out accident. It was a word, accident. And I said, hmm. accident? I'm having an accident? Didn't say anything. Okay. So I was just like freaked out. Oh, my God. So I'm watching every car everywhere except for the guy behind me that rear-ended me, and I never got to the doctors. Okay. When it gave me that word, it was very calm and... It was just a knowing that an accident was coming. Okay. That's how our intuition is. Even when it's giving us what we would call scary or bad news, it says it in a very calm way. And so if you are full of anxiety or fear about something, it's going to be hard to hear what your intuition says. And in that case, you can ask God, okay, please clear this anxiety from me so that I can hear what you're saying. And after a while, I guarantee you guys, I guarantee you it works. It works like, it's like the coolest thing us human beings have is that still small voice within. So we aren't alone here. We do have what we need. We just have to learn how to work with it. The end. (laughs) Well, I... 
I love that. And I know that we were going to give a class here with Echo Bodine and it didn't pan out for us here, but Echo, 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 I certainly would like to invite you uh, soon again to do a Zoom class um, uh, for our listeners and for Across the Nation on Intuition because that is really, 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 I could go on with a million reallys, important right now is to trust your intuition. And I would agree. It never, when you learn how to follow your intuition and what that is, it will never, I always say, it will never lead you down a dark alley and clobber you. It is is a, a beautiful, innate Thing that we have inside and echo i i always say to people echo is an expert on helping people understand what intuition is and how to find it and how to use it so um again you are an yes. awesome dedicated woman uh who has just stayed on the path when the path wasn't easy and you have been dedicated through and through and I so appreciate you being on the planet today. So um, Thank you. So once again, would you tell our beloved listeners where they can get this book and or any of your books, How to Live a Happily Ever, Af- uh, Ever Afterlife? How can they get well, your book? You know what? It's everywhere and oh my god i'm so excited hope because yesterday i found out that it they're they're making an audio version of it honey that's so yay because i i've written 12 books i've never had an audio book before and so yeah my publisher just told me that yesterday i'm so psyched and uh it'll be what did she say it'll be available i think she said at the end of september and um uh, all my books are available on Amazon or Barnes and Noble, and you can also get them. I have a little store on my on my website, and uh, what else? Uh, also, I am going to start teaching a how to live intuitively. Uh, September eighth, you know, September eighth it starts, and it's going to be an eight week class, and I'm really psyched about it. I mean, I, you know what? Hope if I have one. If I had a genie and uh, she said, what would you like? I, I would say, I would like to teach every person on this planet how to do, how to live intuitively. It's so important yeah. to me. Yeah. So there. Yeah. There you have it. Yes. And yeah. I thank I love you. It. Honey, really, I can't thank you enough for letting me be on this. On the, Is it a podcast? Is that what we're doing today? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's a radio show podcast. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep, and the you. wonderful thing is that we'll put it on the archives and we will send you a link to it. Okay. Uh, um, uh, we will have a link on our website at www.hopeinterfacecenter.com for those people who want to go on the Pure Hope show and listen to this. If you are live listening to this right now and you think this would be good for other people to listen to, please invite them to um, go on my website and press on the Pure Hope Show, and we will send this link to you, Miss Echo, and you can put it on your website as well. Okay, perfect, perfect. And your website you. is 
Echo what is your website, dear? Okay. Um, echo, okay. Yep. Dot com. Okay. Well, I love you. You have a wonderful rest of the day. Thank you for always, and you do, you always say yes to the Pure Hope Show or anything that we got going here. So I appreciate you so much. I love you so much. Thank you for I being can. on the program. My God, of course. <laughs> I will always say yes to you. Yes. Thank you, honey. <laughs> thank you. Okay. Well, until we all meet again, thank you, listeners. Without you, there would be no program as well. So I thank you, all the listeners from across the nation. Thank you for the phone call we got from South Carolina, which proves to us that we're doing good work that reaches different uh, states. And uh, it's been always a joy. Until we meet again, namaste, namaste, namaste. God bless you all. Thank you for tuning in to Pure Hope by Rev. Janice Hope Gorman. And until next time, remember that true greatness consists in being great in the little things. Be kind. Be gentle. Be loving. Be true.